Hey Atari Hackers, welcome to this week's podcast episode. And this week we are going through a staple of the Atari Hacker podcast. It's been five years that we do this format where we take a guess with Mark on what's going to happen next year. So in 2022, in SEO and for authority sites in terms of model and, you know, changes for Amazon, that kind of stuff. And it's kind of fun to start the episode with first reviewing our predictions from the year before and usually we are, you know, half right, half wrong, and it's kind of interesting to see what actually happened. And in the second part of the episode, we are going to go ahead and make five new predictions, as well as have some prestigious guests that are going to give us their prediction for next year. So I hope you're going to learn something and have fun with this episode. If you enjoy this kind of episodes, don't forget to subscribe, like it, click on the bell so that you don't miss these kind of episodes. But without further teasing, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to do what we could now probably call a staple of the podcast where we make wrong predictions for next year's changes in SEO and authority sites. Uh, and you guys get to have fun making fun of us. Uh, and it's not just making fun of Mark when I ask him how he's doing, but just making fun of me as well when I make very uh, terrible predictions. But still, we're going to do Mark. So Mark, how's it going? Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what I was talking about. So now that you got that fun, now we're going to jump directly <laughs> into the fun of First, let's, let's just uh, review our predictions from last year. So let's just, you know, explain exactly the principle because I'm not good at explaining it. So go ahead. We've been doing this podcast for five years now, this specific type of podcast. So SEO predictions, 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. And yeah, basically each year we come up with a bunch of stuff that we think is going to happen in the industry. A lot of stuff around Google SEO, but broader online marketing stuff as well. And then the benefit of us doing this for so long is we get to look back and see, were we right? And often we're not. No. <laughs> In fact, there have been several times when we're we're more often wrong than we are right. So I don't know whether that means you should just do the opposite of what we say or not. But it's a bit of fun at the end of the day. It gives you some insight into how we think the industry is developing. And yeah, maybe some things uh, to help you decide what to focus on for, for next year. So we will... Start, I guess, by looking at the podcast from 2021 or 2020 when we Not predicted what would happen in yeah. 2021 and look at the predictions that we made and I guess judge whether we were right or wrong and maybe give ourselves a, a, a score and see, we're, see if we're better than just, you know, throwing darts at a, a dartboard and, and deciding things. So maybe the first one is going to be Google indexing issues continue. Yeah, I think it wasn't too bad in the sense that it's it improved, right? Because at the time when we made that prediction, Google had removed the option to index your URL inside Webmasters Console. This is back. So we can say things have improved. However, when you walk on like kind of like newer sites or lower authority sites, very often it takes ages for new pages to index, much longer than it did in the past, etc. So is the issue completely resolved or is it just the new way Google works? Hard to tell. I would give it half a point, you know, uh, in the sense that it's definitely worse than it was before, but it's not as bad as it was when we made that prediction. I would give that zero points because I think that was made in a time when it was all going to shit and it's like they've stopped it going to shit, basically. Um, yeah, it's but not it didn't ideal, get much better, yeah. It's not ideal, but it works now at least, you know. I mean, they did have a time where, yeah, it was quite bad at the time where we made the prediction. Like it just straight up didn't work. Yeah, and uh, they would take six months to index URLs, etc. But like on new, on new sites, they definitely have reduced the crawl budget they have on small sites, I think. Like they just give them less importance. And I think that's kind of following that direction where they're giving weight more and more to big sites and less and less to small sites, which, you know, is a little bit annoying, to be honest. But it, it seems to, I guess it's the new normal. So I guess, uh, I guess, yeah, 0 0.25 points then. Okay, fine, zero. The next one was <laughs> the internet might become more honest. So this was around the whole like content honesty movement. And there's a, there a lot of uh, stuff going on in internet marketing. I don't know whether it was a 2020 thing because everyone was working from home or, or whatever of iron like, you know, scams and like, yeah, truthfulness, truthfulness in reviews. I think it was the elections like as well. I think uh, a lot had to do with uh, elections in the US and fake news. That hasn't actually, so our, my prediction was that the internet was going to get become a lot more honest place. No. But seeing as if we've had this massive crypto boom 
in the last year. Ooh, and you're going the about, dangerous territory the, now. The amount of dodgy shit that goes on in that industry. It seems like the, the focus of the, the sort of like truth wave has has been applied to crypto. I don't know if you heard about this Save the Kids coin that a bunch of influencers <laughs> got got uh, behind Save and it was basically a massive scam. Uh, and there's all sorts of like rug pulls. Just no, there's crazy, a better one. Stuff. You know, there's been an ad running very heavily on Facebook recently about the Amazon coin. And they, you know, when you create a URL on Amazon's web servers, you get a .aws, you know, work URL, kind of like, and then you append your proper domain. People made a site on these .aws domains to make it look like it was an Amazon thing and they'd use the same color scheme, etc. Ads have been running on Facebook. I've literally seen that ad. And like, my personal trainer told me about that coin. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's a huge scam, etc. So yeah, I mean, in terms of truthfulness, I think we can do better. <laughs> so I, I, th- I think my, my prediction that the, inter- the internet's going to get a lot more honest and truthful <laughs> has certainly not come true. So that's Mm-hmm. zero points for that I think, one as well. I think if the previous one was zero, this is minus one, you know? What is maybe slightly interesting on that, on that front is the Google this year has issued guidance on how reviews should be constructed and, and various best practices that you would like to, to see in those. In fact, just last week, they updated it to talk a little, about, a little bit about images and, and, and stuff on there. And it actually leads into one of my predictions for, for this year, so I won't go into that quite yeah. yet. But uh, I think we're was the, trying the to push one. that a little bit still. Like, and I think uh, I think some of the Google's push to like push bigger sites is also a way for an easy way for them to put more service content higher up on Google, just because like these big publishing houses, they don't straight up lie, you know, they have some standards that maybe smaller sites don't necessarily have. So it's probably like the lazy way for Google to just go after that goal as well. I would say. So again, it's not completely true, but it's probably not what you had in mind when you said it at the time, I would say. The next one, I think we do have a point and that is content convergence. So basically the concept was like, well, everyone's going to start using these on-page tools and all pages are going to just have the exact same content on page one of Google. And it's going to be a war of production value of like how well the page is put together. And like, then it's going to be domain metrics, link metrics, et cetera. Yes, like for a lot of SEO queries, that is definitely the case to the point where now if you don't measure search intent, it's very, very difficult for you to be on page one of Google. It's quite interesting as well to see Google pull the rug under some people by changing the search intent of queries and just seeing the pages that used to be on top just completely collapse despite strong link metrics, etc. happened to us on some pages, but that is definitely the case. It is the industry standard now to identify all the subtopics of the top ranking pages and write a page that has all of this. And honestly, Google has been rewarding it, so I don't see why people would change that. So yes, this one, I think I think we can put one point. I think we should put two points because of how accurate that was, actually. All right, I'm the, the least honest person on this rating system. <laughs> Speaking about the internet getting more honest, yeah. Um, you're under, undermining our own argument there. Exactly. I mean, I'm just going with the trend, you know? The next one was PR link building is going to become more of a thing and more SEOs are going to do it. And honestly, they're just not. Nah, um, they just pay for we tried. We really tried a lot this year with, with PR. and We didn't do that well. hard. Yeah, right? and the funny it's thing really, is really I watched difficult. your prediction from last year just before, and you were like, oh yeah, it's pretty easy to replicate large-scale PR campaigns, etc. in that podcast. And then this year we just like actually did it quite a bit. It wasn't that easy. <laughs> and so, and even us, we actually scaled back quite a bit on some of these projects because it just didn't work that well, to be honest. It doesn't mean PR is not good. I think PR makes sense once you reach a certain scale, like your size getting to like the R80 or something. At this point, like the kind of links that move the needle are the links you get from PR. And so if you're making that much money, if you're making good money from a DR80 site, which you probably should when you get to that level of authority, then it kind of makes sense to switch gears. But I'm not sure switching gears too early makes sense. And more traditional link building is probably just more realistic to execute at a smaller scale with results that are close enough so that you don't have to worry with it, I would say. Yeah, there's also a thing with like, it's very, very heavily dependent on relationships as well. So the relationships which a PR person has with various writers, editors, uh, it makes a huge difference, right? And uh, going in, not having those relationships, it's just very hard to establish them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I wouldn't say, I mean, it became more popular, more people have talked about it, people are paying attention to it, but the execution is, is quite difficult. 
Uh, there's not many services that came out proposing as well, probably because of the difficulty of execution. I mean, there are like PR agencies, etc. But I've talked to some H Pro members. We actually had a mastermind not that long ago, and you know, one of the H Pro members say that doing digital PR was literally the most expensive links he's ever done. I think he spent like 50k for like two links or something like this. Like it was like even though the links might be great, it's like is it worth that price? I'm not sure. And so I think digital PR is a bit of a gamble. Like you kind of throw the money and maybe you get something, maybe you get nothing. Whereas traditional link building is more closer, like the output is closer to the amount of resources you throw at it and it's more predictable, I would say. So again, again zero. <laughs> we're, not, we're not doing too well uh, last year, were we? Uh-huh. Yeah, not the best. The next one was people will finally ditch Amazon. This one is, I mean, obviously when you say it like that, no, there's still a bunch of Amazon size ranking. But there's a lot of sites that do other things than Amazon now. I think ads have seen a massive increase. A lot of people are putting ads now as their main monetization method and kind of like affiliate as the secondary way of monetizing, which does make sense in some niches because ad rates have been progressing massively. Like we've had sites at like $40, $50 per thousand visits on ads. And it's quite good to be honest. It's not that far from Amazon anymore, especially when Amazon keeps cutting the rates. So it kind of makes sense that, uh, and, and, and you know, you talk to a lot of new etc. You see a lot of people starting with Ezoic, then switching to Mediavine, Netrive, and really just focus on that, these easier info content keywords without the big publishers and trying to monetize with that. So I think that was pretty good. I also see a lot of affiliate sites that have either multiple links to multiple sellers, which is also part of the new review update, by the way, but also just use uh, CJ or like share or sell affiliate programs, etc. Like one of the sites we work on, for example, we found a competitor that like has literally done all the work great for us. <laughs> it shows us exactly which affiliate programs they're using and how they're doing it to push things other than Amazon. And it's worked pretty well. And one of our new sites actually is pretty much non-Amazon and growing quite okay, like quite similarly to what Amazon would do. So. Uh, overall, I would say while Amazon is definitely still present and if you Google like best camping tents and stuff like that, you still see a bunch of Amazon links. There is a lot of other stuff that has flourished and I would definitely expect that it's going to keep going while Amazon is not dead. It was too good before, right? It was so good that you didn't need to bother with the rest. And if you focused on that, you would make the most money. Now you make the most money by mix and matching multiple monetization methods and the market has really started to adapt quite a lot on that. So yeah, I would give us a point on that one. It's pretty accurate, even though Amazon is not completely dead, but I don't think it was going to be ever. So we are at uh, 2.25 if we count my first one. That's what we said. <laughs> so basically about 50-50. So shot uh, in the dark. Not really, because making a prediction is much more difficult. You're not choosing between two options. So 50-50 is if you were choosing between two options. It's not the case here. So it's like, I'd say it's, it's slightly better than a shot in the dark. But barely, so, you know. so what you're saying is people should continue to listen to the end of this episode for our so they can be slightly above average when they do SEO. Yeah, you got to take any edge you'll get in in SEO. So yeah, but like, but not not a lot above average. Definitely based on these uh, feedback. And by the way, we're gonna go jump into our predictions right now, but we're going to actually mix it with some guests predictions. We like to do that. We like to invite people that we talk to in SEO, etc to tell us what they think is going to happen next year in SEO. And so we're going to alternate one from us, actually two from us first, and after that we're going to start alternating with guests. You are taking the first one, actually. All right, so I, I mentioned reviews a little bit earlier, but I think reviews are going to become a bigger target of Google, basically. So twice this year we've had updates from, from Google on the, the guidance, the best practices they want to see from us on writing reviews. Now, outside that commentary, John Mueller is publicly saying on Twitter and in various interviews about his distaste for the way a lot of affiliate sites, he's used, used that term specifically, and a lot of reviews, top tens, roundup review type things are written. And he's right. There are a lot of people out there that will go, they'll look on Amazon, rewrite the product description, call it a review, and uh, try and rank and bank. He wants to see, and rightly so, he wants to see quality increase. When I want to buy something, I do not go on Google and search for a review of it because it's most likely going to be bullshit. Because you get your own site. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what I, what I tend to do now is I either look on YouTube because the barrier to creating a YouTube video is much, much higher. If you're reviewing a product, it's pretty obvious to fake, you're going to have to not have, it, in your, have yeah. it there in the video. And the other one, which which I think is is even better almost sometimes, is is Reddit, uh, because people are very very honest in Reddit about 
what they think of a product and you don't get any bullshit there's no incentives there's, there's nothing wrong there so when you're creating content go do site colon reddit.com and then type in your your keyword and see or just search on reddit they, they have a search function it's not that great but it works and see what people are, are saying there i think we're going to see the thin review sites take more of a beating I think we're going to see the the sites that do this well that execute on the best practices. Not all of them, because you know some of these these uh, best practices, like oh you have not you have to, but try and include an, an image or uh, photography or videos of of you using the the product. And if nobody else on the on the SERP is doing that, then do you need to go ahead and do that? No, I don't think so. But equally, if if everyone else is, then you probably need to just to compete. So this is standard SEO practice. Like look look at the SERP, look at what your competitors are doing, and do a better version of of that. So yeah, this is something I think we're he they clearly don't like the way reviews are. are a lot of sites are, are doing reviews, and I think we're going to see a lot more heavy penalties and uh, and sites getting getting hit by by this stuff. Yeah, I'd be surprised too if like there was not something that hits like the. Generally, like top 10 review sites. There's quite a lot of these and a lot of them do quite well, actually. So let's see. But like usually when Google's starting to be vocal about something, there's like something brewing that's like not out yet. They're kind of like preparing their minds about it. So let's see. I mean, again, you saw our hit rate on the previous predictions. So don't take it too seriously. So a lot of people, when they talk about this, they like they've mentioned oh, affiliates. Google's targeting affiliate sites. Google's targeting 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 top 10 sites. That's kind of bullshit what you said in a way because you're like, oh, they're they're going to target sites that do this. But what are they going to replace it with? Like if someone's searching for the best, I don't know, left-handed mouse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for long-tail queries, it's more difficult because there's... But like, you know, it's like if you have like best vacuum cleaner, there is a lot of pages to pick from, right? And and there are enough pages where they have had the items, etc., to make a top 10 with this. But like if you do like best vacuum cleaner for, you know, dog hair... I'm not sure there are like 10 reviews with like actual quality photos and real life tests, etc. And in this case, There's, well, that's where like the smaller sites will probably strive. So like going more long tail is probably going to be a good protection against that. Actually. Well, there's, there's two ways they could go in that situation. They could either take the best vacuum cleaner, derank the thin sites that target the long tail keyword, the best uh, vacuum cleaner for, for dog hair, and just put best vacuum cleaner, yeah. you know, the Guardian best vacuum cleaner in there instead because they happen to mention dogs in there once even though it's it's less specific but it's it's like higher authority but there will still be a best 10 best vacuum cleaners for a dog hair ranking there that's not going to go away someone has to win yeah the, yeah win the usually it's mixed right so what google does is like the, you see some really high dr size that rank you know for the long the shorter tail version of the keyword and it's going to be mixed with like more niche sites that like specifically target that query and google's just mixing it. it's like well pick your own adventure here like do you want the more specific page that's like a bit lower Great, or do you want the more broader page, but that is probably more research, etc. And I would expect them to do that and give some of that responsibility of finding what people want to the user uh, by giving them the choice. So like the results will be mixed with different types of results, I think. So overall, we, we expect to see more volatility in this in this space. But I don't think it's going to be like, I'm, we're not saying it's going to die. We're just saying that we're going to have to increase the content quality. And if you do this properly, like people can still do well doing this. It's just that, well, as competition increases, the quality of the content has to rise and people will have to put more effort into each page, basically. Yeah, and I don't think that means having to take photos and do product in mm. hand of, of everything unless you're competing for a high-end item like a vacuum cleaner. And not photoshopping uh, the products in your in your living room, right? But I, I mean, I reckon that you can... I mean, these are just best practices at the end of the day, right? And they're not like, oh, you have to do this. Yeah, the level at which you need to go depends on your competition. So it's you need to look at the query and you need to look at where the content on the query is at and you need to adjust how much resources you're throwing in at that query based on how much... You just need to be like one point higher than the best page. And if they're not doing that great, you don't need to make such a great page to rank as well. And you're probably better off making not the best page and making another page that ranks for another keyword with the extra time and money than like going super crazy, etc. So it's a resource management game, basically. Yeah. The next one is yours too, actually. Yeah, so the next one is around guest post farms. And I think there's going to be some volatility. I think there's there's going to be some public pen, pen, penalties. Like probably not on that level, but the, there's going to be some sites get hit pretty hard because... You mentioned when we we're talking about the last point, Google is getting a little bit more vocal about some of these sites. And 
I've really felt this like race to the bottom kick up into overdrive. The last time I felt I felt this about uh, an SEO practice was sort of 2012, 13 st- uh, time when my blog guest was out and the, the whole <laughs> yeah. guest, guest post farm trading, uh, sorry, guest post trading and all that stuff was just in overdrive and Google stamped it out pretty quickly. We're seeing some pretty crazy stuff right now with sites. There's a lot of sites out there that exist purely to sell guest posts on. And they're faking metrics such as search traffic and domain rating and domain authority and, and all this stuff. Very interesting keyword on Ahrefs. It's 0x0 space 0x0. No idea what it is, but 50 million volume. So sites which are ranking, you know, for that on query that num- nobody targets. Num- number 10 for that, that no one targets, show a traffic of several million. And there's a lot of other similar keywords where you can you can rank page one and show more than 10,000 traffic. So all these agencies out there selling links that say that guarantee 1,000 or 10,000 traffic, that's still a, a good thing it, yeah. to look at look at traffic. But you really need to go deeper now, and you need to look at the look at the sites, look at the keywords, and see where they're actually getting that traffic from to see if it's if it's legit or not. Um, so I, I think it's going to be more at the forefront of uh, Google's attention, and we'll see some some public things happening around guest post farms in 2022. Yeah, this trick for like search volume, I was really surprised because like this keyword definitely has not, not 50, 50 million searches. So I don't know how it is. I think, is it a problem with Ahrefs database or is it, I, I don't know, to be honest. I'll probably ask Tim because it's very weird, but like when I saw that, so it's, it's when uh, our staff found it and it's like, yeah, what? It's an error code for Windows. Uh-huh. Um, oh yeah, okay. So there's like how, how to fix the 0x00x0 error. Or maybe these are just all the affiliates, the the sites that are are, are doing. It. I I really don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tricky, but like definitely there's errors in these keyword tools databases that actually can be exploited to fake traffic, and then people use that to sell you shit links. And we're we're back to like a lot of lies when you the with the links you buy, so it's quite tricky. And all, not necessarily lies, but like people who like buy links for you that don't know about it or something like this, and they just do it and and and. Yeah, it, it could be bad, basically. You you might be ended up building a lot of bad links here. Yeah, I think it it's possible. It really depends, though. Like, I'm not sure on that, on that one, mostly because I think Google relies heavily on search intent now, and that is kind of their solution, so that they, they kind of like have, on one end, a way to ignore shit links. On the other end, they have search intent that guarantees that what's going to show on the top of a query is not is going to be related to what they want. Really, really heavily pushed right now, so that they don't necessarily need to push heavy link updates to the Argo because they just kind of rely on these two for search results to stay good. And if you're an SEO that has a page that matches the search intent, which you will not rank with links, even if you don't have the search intent, it's kind of like invisible to the end user. It's not as bad. And so they, I'm not sure how hard they will go. I'm sure like there could be some like manual action maybe to just like do some PR move, but is there going to be a widespread update? I'm not too sure. I feel like they kind of have their, it's organized in a different way now. They're either going to silently ignore it, um, yeah. in which case you're you're you doing all this much. link building for nothing, which is I think what they do right now. Or they're I I really feel it's it's again it's just a feeling here. I really feel that there there there's going to be some like public shaming of um, a number yeah, of that, sites. I think uh, that's uh, what this they would year. do. Just to kind of like scare people off, you know. Yeah, it's the PR updates basically. I call them the PR updates, not for page rank, but for actual PR. They just like say they do something, even if they don't do it, so that people adjust their behavior. And it's very cheap. They just need to literally tweet something, and it adjusts a lot of like it's like a small pool of actors that pay attention to what they say that is actually responsible for this. So it's it's probably cheaper than like paying like very expensive engineers to make another layer to the algorithm that could break something to just write a tweet, right? And pay some cheap marketing guy to do that instead. So I think that there could be some of that a widespread algorithm update. I'm not too sure. But I suggest we jump onto our first guest prediction and that's going to be Carl Roof. I know you guys like his predictions. So we're going to check it out right now and discuss about it later. Hey everyone, Kyle Roof here with my predictions for 2022. The last five years has seen tremendous growth in digital marketing and that growth spiked during a full year of pandemic. I anticipate that growth to continue, but at a slightly slower pace. At the same time, Judging by the number of courses I sold last year, more people are getting into the digital marketing space. 
in the first half of the year, I anticipate you could feel the effects of that competition. But just like with all competition growth, it will wane in the second half of the year as people just give up. As I predicted last year, Google was hostile to affiliate sites, and I see that trend continuing. So what can you do? The organized marketers will win and win big. I want you to go and open your three-month plan. You don't have a three-month plan? Stop what you're doing immediately and plan out exactly what you'll be doing on your sites for the next three months. Everything. And not just in your head, but actually written out. If you don't do this, you're going to chase shiny objects, you're going to lose focus, and more importantly, you will lose out to that new competition. Additionally, your three-month plan needs to include a complete content plan. The way to get away from Google hostilities is to become a topical authority. A topical authority answers all the questions people have. You answer those questions through content. I think 2022 could be your best year to date, but it won't just fall in your lap. You can take advantage of the growth and protect yourself from Google, but it will take organization and discipline. Have a great 2022. Okay, so what Carl is basically saying is that a lot more people entered online marketing and people who are like messy marketers who are not well organized and who don't have a tight plan for their sites will probably be struggling on top of Google being aggressive towards affiliate sites. I guess it's like that review thing that you mentioned, I would say that would be kind of similar. But I think he has a point on the organization point as well. It's like you need, basically it's professionalizing. Right, right, right now, because search intent focuses everyone to create the, the same, same content, content yeah. the people that win are going to be the people who can execute fastest, most effectively, and who are better organized. So having a plan covering every potential keyword in a silo, in a category, and really becoming a, a topical expert is is a solid plan, is a solid way forward. And I, I would agree with that. It's something we're doing right now with our other sites uh, is really covering each topic like fully in depth before we move on to, to the next category. And we've been doing that for years and it's, it's, it's always worked. Yeah, it works quite well. I agree as well that with increased competition, the people who don't, who are not organized will start losing. Like, you know what I mean? Like the industry was like a little bit easy before. So it was like, even if you were making a lot of mistakes, you could still get away with it. And you'd meet a lot of people who like do okay, not super great, but kind of okay while having a very lousy organization. As competition tightens, it's becoming harder to actually survive as these kind of actors and you need to get your shit together basically. Or it's going to become more and more difficult. You'll make less and less money and someone more organized than you will just overtake you eventually. I think that it's interesting because it's also pushing people to these multiple way of monetizations because like now that ads are so profitable, they're quite good, really. It's not really a money loss to just create a bunch of info content to rank a few affiliate keywords because that info content generates pretty good money with like Mediavine, AdStrive, Azoic if you're using that. And yeah, it makes sense provided you have the cash flow to produce that content and wait for it to rank, which does take some time to build these bigger sites that cover all these topics. And I, I would even argue maybe to fight these big publishers to maybe even niche down and then you know write about all the small keywords in your topic is actually a pretty good idea if you do it together so that you can fight these huge publishers, I would say. So I would even expect niching down to become a little bit more popular. Like, you know, like 10 years ago, you'd pick a topic for a niche site. And then we went to like authority sites, which were like a little bit broader in topic. And now we're kind of like re-niching down as competition is hardening, but the quality of the site stays the same as when we big bigger sites. I think that's what's happening actually, uh, which is quite interesting. Uh, but it doesn't mean you will make necessarily less money because the internet is a lot bigger now than it was at the time. So you need to cover bigger niches to make the same amount of money. And ads were paying 10 times less and affiliate marketing was making a lot less money, etc. So it's it's a different situation, really. And it, I don't think there's a, any shame in like niching down, especially if you manage multiple sites. Let's jump on to the next one, which is going to be AI content will replace cheap writers. And I think uh, the blind test video showed that it was not that far. Uh, the YouTube video we did, it's not there yet. We'll link to it. Yeah, you just click on the card. But it's not that far. It's not there yet. I think the main problem is fact-checking. The fact that AI just just spits out random stuff. I think you can see in the example of the Core Web Vitals article in that video that was like complete nonsense and you could not publish that. But I think it can be fixed, actually. If you could kind of like hook that GPT-3 content to like, you know, a database of like 50 reference sites, 50, like, you know, Wikipedia and like CNN and a bunch of them. And it's kind of like reach fact checking across these few sites. I think it could actually do a pretty decent job at being much more accurate and you'd need to do that a lot less. And I think one thing is like these tools are going to improve on one side, but I think the people that use these tools are going to also improve on the other side. I think we're 
just at the beginning of figuring out how to use these AI tools. And there's already some interesting stuff being done, but I think that most of us will look back at the way we use these AI tools today in like four or five years and be like, oh my God, we knew nothing. We didn't know how to interact with these things. It's kind of like learning how to use a computer again. And I think the the, the combo of like increased skills and template, templatizing for the AI tools, etc., coupled with uh, updates to the tools will make it better than cheap writers and it's going to be much, much cheaper as well. Uh, and on top of the fact that Google wants you to cover all these subtopics to be an authority, I think there's a huge synergy of like, well, you need to cover all these subtopics and AI does an acceptable job at doing this, then I can see how it's going to change how we build websites. You can build a mini hub for like every very important page that you want to rank very quickly using that. If you tune into this podcast in two weeks time, where we'll be doing a How's 2021 going podcast where we round up like just everything we've done, tell you about the stuff we've been working on, some of our other sites this year. We'll be telling you a little bit more about how we've been been hiring some some AI writers recently. Yeah, I think uh, one thing that will be also quite popular with AI is testing contents with AI. So I think like you can put articles pretty quickly together, like, you know, six, seven, eight hundred words that semi-match the search intent. And you could just throw that page on your site and see where it lands to decide where your actual real writers actually put effort. So I haven't done it yet, to be honest. I need to do it more. I've ranked AI written pages. This we've done already this year for like, you know, small or medium competition keywords. Uh, It has happened already and it works. I think building a process for testing keywords where you throw more data is going to be something that I want to play with next year so we can be a bit more strategic on like where we put our human resources. And on that, we actually have a guest prediction that kind of like matches that. So I wanted to throw it in there with that prediction. And that is Michel from Surfer. He's the head of marketing at Surfer. So let's throw his prediction in and uh, talk about this now. Hey, Opportunity Hackers. My name is Michal Suski and I'm from Surfer. And my prediction for 2022 is the impact of AI machine learning on SEO, but especially on SEO content. So the number one prediction is that SEO content prices will drop, especially content that is lower quality, the content that is meant to be placed on supportive pages. So if you are thinking on setting up content agency and so on, it will be really a good idea to investigate how you can help yourself with the power of AI because prices will drop for sure and you need to calculate the right margins. I hope you like it. Have a great day. All right. So it kind of matches that. Basically, he's saying AI content will be a thing and it's going to drop the price of content, which uh, it's a question I've been asking myself a lot, right? Because you know how when you buy a piece of content, you kind of expect a return investment. Obviously, you need to update it, but like, you know, you calculate it historically around two years, you know? But the question now is, where will AI content be in two years and how much will that content cost then, you know? Um, and, and it asks the question, are you sometimes overpaying for content that will cost so much less in like nine months from now when the tools update or something like that? And that ROI calculation on buying content, I think once more people ask themselves the question, especially for like the lower end, I think the topic specialists, people who know their topic, etc. I don't think they're really threatened by AI writing at this point. And I think it's yep. going to take years before they are. But I can see how, you know, your editorial team is going to split in two. You're going to have actual specialists that really know their stuff, can provide these really cornerstone pieces of content for your site. And you're going to have like AI specialized writers that can put out a lot of content that is good enough for search intent, for small queries, etc., as supportive content for these big pieces or something. And so I think that supportive content that price, I agree. It's overpriced now. For if if you count the two-year ROI, I think in two years, AI will do a pretty good job at doing it on its own. And uh, an article you'd pay like 50, 60 bucks for today is going to be worth like 10 in two years. And that that asks the question, should you pay 50 bucks now, you know? Or, and like, or like figure out this AI writing like as much as you can now to cut the cost so that your two years ROI is a better number. It's interesting from like a, an agency perspective as as well, like where the pressure is to, you know, compete on price or compete on quality there. It's like if you're if you're not utilizing AI and your competitors are, then they're just going to be undercutting you in in so many ways. So I think the the place where people will be the most fucked is when they're in between. When they're like okay-ish quality but not really that cheap, you know, it's that that's going to be cut. I think you're just going to go for like, okay, basic search intent, 
super high quality for links and building reputation, PR, that kind of stuff. So I think if you're a writer, you, you probably pick your path at this point, you know, either learn these AI tools, learn how to mass produce content really fast with these, then you can charge less and still make the same money or even more, or become a topic specialist on a topic that has a lot of requests for content and charge premium prices. And you don't have to worry about AI if you're that kind of writer, really. And you don't have to worry for a long time, maybe one day, but not now. But yeah, AI content will shape next year a lot. I say I think it's pushed. It's been pushed a lot, but it's still not like still not that easy to to actually make a blog post that does everything Google wants with AI. It still takes work. We will talk about that. Like, let's just tease the episode in two weeks, but we'll talk about that because we spent a lot of time thinking about it this year. I hope to have some training about it next year as well in H Pro, but it's it's on the way. Like I can see, is the future? It's on the way. So that is interesting. Do you want to jump on the next one right away? Sure. Okay. So, so what's the next one? Uh, the next one is from Glenn Alsop of Detail.com, uh, aka Viper Chill. First of all, thank you to Gail and Mark for inviting me back for another prediction. I think my last one was pretty accurate, but I am pretty biased. <laughs> there we go. I am Glenn Alsop from Detailed.com and Gaps.com. Now, we all know we have more competition coming online all of the time, so I think there's going to be a lot more focus in the future of SEOs when it comes to delighting as many website visitors as possible. Boring, mundane aspects of websites will be overhauled to something that stands out. We call these super pixels, most people just call them remarkable. And just from the design side of things, every day they pick up links. Every day there are design blogs linking to the best dark theme websites, the best footers, the cleanest sidebars. I predict there will be so much more focus on surprising visitors. So let's just say you have a gaming affiliate website, a contact form that's traditionally boring. When someone fills that out, you can have a big level complete message that pops up. It matches the niche and maybe even a Mario style hitbox sound when they fill out the form. That's just a random small example, but I think it's gonna take over all aspects of websites. The end result hopefully being more people bookmarking your website, more people writing your brand name directly in their search queries, and naturally becoming more trust and link worthy. So I believe SEOs are gonna put far more focus on user experience and making their websites remarkable than ever before, and we'll see a lot more people talking about exactly this, and more importantly, how to do it in 2022. Thanks guys. All right, so the first thing I notice is that Glenn is as biased towards his predictions as I am to mine. So that's the first thing. So good job, Glenn. Uh, I admire the honesty. The second one. Uh, what was his prediction, actually, last year? Do you remember? I don't, actually. Actually, he was not on the predictions last year. He was on the predictions two years ago, but I guess time passes really fast when you're just locked at home for everyone. But his prediction was that... Basically, there will be a lot more search features on Google, so a lot more like video results with like lots of YouTube videos, double feature snippets, that kind of stuff. And yeah, I agree, that was kind of true. So I think I think that's fair. He was not he was not dishonest, not as dishonest as me at least on his prediction. Now let's talk about the one he just made. Now, what do you think? I'm not sure to be honest. So like I, I have his course, uh, the SEO Blueprint, and he this has this great, really like fantastic, yeah. fantastic new section in it. Um, called super pixel pixels with God like hundreds of examples of of these and it's it's really just like a, a great way to get inspired if you're redoing your website if you're you know especially if you're working for clients and stuff I think some of this would be like really fantastic for affiliate sites and stuff I'm not sure I think it's, it's a bit worth like, thinking yeah it's kind of like either a high end client or you kind of like a brand website this is like perfect for and you'll get a lot of attention kind of capitalizing on hey look what this brand did. But for, you know, Mark's left hand mouse affiliate site.com, <laughs> I'm not sure it's gonna 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 sort of like be worth worth doing. The thing as well is I see on our sites, simpler layouts that are more simple on mobile tend to do better in search for us. So it kind of like contradicts with like this crazy animation stuff that he's talking about and so on. Like it, it doesn't have to be like high load though. I think that's the, that's the thing. It can be just something that's like a little bit quirky, a little bit cool, and then you get noticed. And then all these like design blogs, you just get crap ton of links from from doing something a little bit remarkable like that. And I, yeah. I, I think there's there's merit in that. I guess I'm just not very good at like 
executing on those oh. those things. It's difficult. <laughs> uh, it, costs so, resources, it costs expensive resources, right? You need designers, you need the developers and all of that. Again, for an answer, it's it's very similar to PR to me. Like it's like it, it's uncertain, right? Yeah. It, you, it might, it's it might like, it's you like PR with nothing. your like website code yeah. or something almost, you know? That's why I've kind of like, you know, I see a lot of like very, very simple sites ranking as well with like very few UI elements, like mostly white, just a title, etc. And I tend to like start our sites that way. Like there's a new version of Votoria Hacker that's coming out that's like a little bit more designed, etc. So you guys will see that. But I like to start sites in a simple way at least. Like just make it great on mobile, make it fast and just serve Google what they want. And so like it's a utility site, right? It's not even a brand. It's just like, well, let's serve people what they want from search. Let's get the traffic. Then when it gets bigger, try to build a community around it and then eventually like brand it more and do more things like that. Like we're now doing on Votoria Hacker. But yeah, I think it makes sense. I think Glenn works with a lot of big clients and so that's why he thinks like that because if you're a big brand yes it makes sense you get an outsized return because you already have some attention so when you do something a bit exceptional then it people talk about it if you have no attention and you do something a bit interesting nobody cares usually so unless you're like heavily advertised but then it's the same as like doing promotion for anything else really so i think it depends on the size of your business and it's something that makes more sense when you're already quite big i think okay let's jump on to the next prediction which you actually edited my prediction so explain that and then i'll contradict it if i disagree i edited your prediction yeah you said Oh, never mind. You didn't. This is just straight up yours. <laughs> never mind. Okay. Like the dishonesty continues. My my prediction was good affiliate marketers will expand to info content that sells products. So I think as like roundup previews, best keywords are getting extremely competitive now. I mean, it's like it really depends on the niche, but like. The level of competition now compared to five years ago is, is significantly higher. I would say at this point they are taking it and. It doesn't look like Google is going to really not like give them a, a challenge or something. So it's going to keep going that way. It's going to make a lot more sense to hit these smaller affiliate queries that the big media sites do not necessarily target. And it's sometimes it's roundups for like longer tail keywords, so like best left-handed mouse instead of best mouse, you know. It's also going to be a mix of info plus ads, info content plus ads, but it's also going to be understanding queries that don't sound like affiliate queries initially, but where you can sell stuff. And I think we've done this on most of our sites in the past, but I don't see many of our students doing that sometimes. So a good example of a query, for example, that I found is how to know if your neighbor is a drug dealer. Something I Googled recently, and no, I'm kidding. But anyway, if you Google that, you will actually find a site that has an incredible branding. These guys must have done a PhD in branding or something called bestonlinereviews.com. But actually they promote background checks uh, on that query. So they just like write an article at the end. They're like, well, if you want to be sure, just use this background check service and we'll know if your neighbor went to prison or if they've been caught and if there's a police report about them, etc. So you get to know about that and they're able to sell a service that way. Another query that I found on the same site was signs your father is not your biological father. Again, doesn't sound like an affiliate query, right? But you can sell all these DNA tests on that. And so you can write an article that says, well, here's five signs you can look for. But really, if you really want to be sure, go ahead and buy a DNA test, make him take a DNA test and check if you guys have the same DNA. And then you, you'll know for sure if it's your father or not. So finding these kind of like problem queries that people are Googling and being able to write the article in such a way that it sells. I've done that in the past on several sites and we've, we're converting really well on, on some of these actually. And I think that is a skill that will pay dividends to the affiliates that pay, pick it up. And I think the like there will be more and more sites venturing that way because roundup review queries become expensive to rank for basically and so the the ratio of like what you need to spend versus what you can make becomes more favorable for these kind of queries than it was before when roundup reviews were just dominating because it was easy and it was high converting so i think that is going to be something that at least the best affiliate size will do more of yeah i mean i think they're they can be forced to in the certain affiliate affiliate niches just because it almost seems like, I don't know, five years ago, everyone at a big newspaper realized that they could make a lot of money by leveraging their DR and just writing any review. And then that's just kind of like permutated their entire business model. Yeah, and almost I think like they were struggling over, with ads, etc. And take, uh, almost taken over it to, to a certain extent. But they're still, they're not very like agile, these companies. And they're still kind of like going for what we would have done five years ago. So I think, yeah. 
I think also like writing this kind of affiliate content that like starts from a problem and finishes with a sell, it's more difficult to write. It is because you kind of like, you need the plan in your head before you start writing, you need to understand it. And very often you find similar queries where nobody's selling anything, but you can still sell something. Just nobody has figured it out yet. And you, it's, it's possible, but it will take brain. So you, you probably need to, on the strategic level, like you, People probably still do their acute research and their strategy. You'll need to come that with, up with that. Your writers will not do it most of the time. You need to tell them, do this. This is the conclusion, etc. And this is how you sell it. And I've made that uh, video on fool.com where they've done that a lot as well, where they write for keywords and just sell you on something else at the end, etc. It will take some relearning of writing affiliate content, but I think you might be surprised of the conversion if it's done well. It works. It's not as good as random previews, but sometimes these problems have also large search volume, so it kind of makes up for a lower conversion rate as well, and it's less competitive. So yeah, I think I think good affiliates will do that more and more, and they should. It works quite well. Let's jump on to the next one and the last prediction from Mark Mouse from Niche Website Builder, and uh, let's just roll it out and see what he says. Hey, Mark Mars from Niche Website Builders here. Uh, my SEO predictions for 2022 is. So I think paradoxically that the barrier to entry for content publishers is going to get both more challenging and easier at the same time. So let me explain. It's going to get more challenging because the bar for content quality is going to get even higher as Google eliminates more low quality sites with Google algorithm updates. It's going to get more challenging because even more trust is going to be put into authoritative sites. So that means that quality backlinks become even more important. So more than ever, uh, quality over quantity is going to be important when acquiring links. But it's not all bad. It's going to get easier for bloggers because the better Google gets at wiping out crappy sites, the less competition there is for us, the credible sites. And it's going to get easier because monetization can come faster with companies like Ezoic allowing you to monetize your site with ads from the beginning. That coupled with ad rates continuing to improve over time means more income faster. All right. So I think there's a lot to unpack here. He's talking about a lot of stuff at once. It's a bit confusing because it's like, oh, it's going to be harder, but it's going to be easier. It is like one thing that I took from him that I kind of agree with is that probably like fewer quality links will matter more than many average links. And I think that's going to be the better. I think if Google makes an update, like if Google goes for links, that's what they'll do. They just kind of like rise that threshold of like, you know, there's a bar of like, oh, we don't count these links. And I just kind of like rise that bar so that a lot of like shitty sites just start falling under that bar and not counting anymore. And so like, again, it goes with like, like fewer quality links will matter more than like a lot of average links. Uh, so I kind of agree with that. Now in terms of like Google preferring big sites, I think we all agree with that. I think everyone pretty much mentioned that, that uh, Google is going to like the big sites. Is it going to get easier because the shitty sites are gone? I'm not too sure because they don't usually take a lot of space on the rankings as well. So overall, I still think it's going to be harder, but I agree with him on the links, basically. I think the, the link part for me was the most interesting of that prediction. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I love Mark. I'm always a bit dubious when uh, someone that sells links is, you know, like talking about like high quality links and stuff like that. Fair um, but I think it's it's just difficult to to know like where is that bar and like how do you yeah how do you measure that or even if Google has its own way of, of doing that, how do you know if the links you're getting are so difficult are good or not? It's, it's almost impossible. It's, yeah. You know, it's 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 really interesting. Like for some time I've I've wondered if like how much of link building, how much of the link building that we do that someone else does does nothing. Actually does nothing. <laughs> yeah. Cause the feedback loops and the mechanisms in it are, are so different. Don't get me wrong. I still think links are amazing and make a huge difference. And it's very difficult to do well without them. But it's just it's just an interesting kind of thought experiment. What percentage of links we build would you say do nothing? If you had to put a number. Well, I like to think that we have pretty strict criteria for it because it's for our own sites. And ultimately, it doesn't matter how many links we get. It matters how much traffic and revenue those those sites make. Incentives are a little bit different for Incentives. an agency. Where, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's not to say like you know they do anything bad. I think uh, Mark's company is certainly one of the better ones out there. But yeah, it's just like you're never going to know, right? 
Yeah, I agree. It's it's hard to tell. And because it takes so long for links to kick in sometime, etc. And, you know, you've done like five other things by the time really these links will be indexed and counted by Google. And so I'm like, you know, how can you tell what has pushed your rankings and what hasn't? And so because of, I mean, and I, Google likes it that way, like they want you to not know what you're doing is that is improving your rankings. But we can obviously tell that when we pick a site, we won't really actively link build, link building and we just start actively link building it. We see the traffic grow as yeah, well. Right? So, like straight away, like you like, know, it's a difference with that stuff. It's so, yeah. and you know, all marketing has always been historically like that, right? It's like there was not always like very good analytics, etc. When you buy a TV ad as a brand, like it's very difficult to tell the actual impact of that TV yeah. ad, right? So I think I think you should compelling building that's to a, that. That's an interesting point, actually. Yeah, and it's like uh, there is a degree of like, okay, uh, like how is the overall momentum of the company with and without that activity? And accept that there is a degree of loss the same way, you know, you're buying a TV ad and maybe they, they, they calculate, you know, how many people are watching TV at this time, but how many, uh, how many TVs are up, are turned on without anybody watching them or something like it's a tricky one. Like how many are like the TV shop or whatever, like it's a little tricky and, and that is historical marketing has never been perfectly measurable. And even in the day of very good analytic software, we can tell we're still not there. I can tell you when we do advanced conversion tracking on uh, some of our sites, et cetera, it is not accurate. And if you run Facebook ads, you probably know that as well. And if you run all these things, you know that there will be that degree of like, you you need to use your gut feeling a little bit on top of some of the numbers that you get, like overall growth of traffic, et cetera. So on the point around it getting easier because lower quality competition being eliminated or or kind of like removed from the the SERP. I'm not sure. I mean, I if that ha- let, let's say let's say that does happen. What are the people doing that going to do? Just give up, or are they going to try and get better? I mean, it's not even that. Up. It's like the degree to which the best players improve far outweighs the drop of the shittiest players. Like in terms of increasing competition, you know, like. A site like, if you're in the, in the tech industry, like a site like PCMag or CNET is going to become so much stronger next year, they're going to become, as a few entities, stronger than the whole loss of all the, the worst players in the industry. And therefore, I don't think it gets easier. I think it gets harder. And it's normal. Like any metro industry, any industry, like... With this pandemic, people have been spending so much more money online, etc. There is, it's a much bigger cake it's now. A bigger market as it's, well. Yeah. Exactly. So it, even if you get a smaller slice of a bigger cake, you probably end up, you can probably end up with the same uh, amount of money. But it's no surprise that if the cake is bigger, there is more players as well, right? So I don't think it gets easier. But also, one thing that people often forget when we talk about things getting harder is that. We also get a lot of new tools and ways to build things, et cetera, that make things a lot easier to do. So like building a website now, you know, you can build a quality website in just a few hours, whereas it would take weeks a couple of years ago when things were easier. And therefore, that time can be spent on the activities that are more challenging. And this AI content stuff is going to help. We have all these new outreach tools that, you know, automate a lot of the uh, link management stuff, etc. So we also have to understand that the innovation removes burden and then the things that still have burden become more competitive. So the time just shifts to these activities. It's not, it, while some things become more competitive, it doesn't necessarily take more time. It's just you do things differently and you have automated other things, I would say. I don't know if you agree with that, but uh, yeah. Slightly. Slightly. Okay. So as much as, uh, as you agree with my predictions. Okay. Well, I think that is pretty much it for this podcast. Any final words of wisdom? Slightly, slight wisdom, maybe? Slight wisdom is subscribe to this podcast. So in two weeks time, you can get the next episode, which is going to be reviewing how our sites have performed this year and maybe having a little look forward to some of the things we have planned for next year as well. Yep. So that's pretty much it. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to all our guests for sending us their prediction as well. It's always fun to hear what they have to say. Uh, we'll see you in two weeks for the next episode. Have a good week. Bye.